We're very thankful today to catch up with friend of the program, Mr. Sam Hoskins. Sam, thanks for the time. All right. Glad to be here. Sam, you are with the EAA Chapter 277, but for those who aren't uh, up to speed, what is the EAA? EAA is the Experimental Aircraft Association, and it's a very large organization headquarters in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, that promotes all phases of aviation, everything, aviation education, uh, building our own little home-built airplanes, uh, finding and restoring Warbird, old old, uh, combat aircraft, uh, spectacular museum, and uh, flying museums. So it's a huge organization. Every year in Oshkosh, they have a, a flying up there called the EAA Air Venture, and that's attended usually by over 600,000 people, 10,000 airplanes. It becomes the busiest airport in the world for that one week. So it, it's a fantastic organization. Can't say enough about it. Yes, and that organization has, over the last several years, hosted events in southern Illinois, whether it be at the southern Illinois airport between Murfreesboro and Carbondale or at Veterans Airport of Southern Illinois in Marion. Many of those events have featured uh, what you just mentioned, war birds, uh, many of them of the World War II vintage. And we have an event coming up uh, June 23rd, 24th, and 25th featuring one of those World War II planes. Uh, Sam, tell us about this event and this plane. All right, this is terrific. Uh, the, uh, the EAA hosts a tour for some of their aircraft, and it's a, it's a schedule that goes on for a couple of months, actually. And the aircraft are flown by volunteers. They're not getting paid for this. They're just doing it because they love it. And this year, they are bringing a North American manufacturer, that's the name of the company, North American B-25 Bomber. And uh, this particular aircraft was one of approximately 10,000 that were built in World War II. And uh, this this plane came off of assembly line in December of 1943. When it was originally came off the assembly line, it was outfitted with machine guns and cannons and all the like of that. But um, I made a mistake in one of my press releases. I said, oh, this aircraft has not seen combat. Uh, this aircraft... Uh, it, during World War II, spent a lot of time ferrying uh, executives around and uh, high-ranking military officials around the West Coast um, and had been used as a trainer. This aircraft also, uh, at the end of the war, was interesting, was sold off as military surplus and had been through a number of hands. In, in the 1950s, it wound up being the corporate aircraft for uh, Woolworths, uh, remember the old five and dime store, Woolworths Heiress, yeah, had it for a while. And then in the 60s, it became uh, a, a movie star. It was in the movies, and it was in the famous uh, movie back in the 60s, Catch-22. And uh, it, there was about 14 B-25s were assembled for that, and that was one of those. And uh, it was in when that movie happened it was named berlin express and for the purposes of the movie and um it's been through a couple of iterations before i mean after that and now it is probably the berlin express even though 
the B-25s really saw most of their service in the Pacific and uh, Asian uh, theaters of World War II. Um, you know, movie studios sometimes, as we know, take liberties with the truth or with the facts. So anyway, it's the Berlin Express. And it will be at the Veterans Airport of Southern Illinois in Marion, June 23rd, 24th, and 25th. I suppose the most famous story associated with the B-25 is the raid on Tokyo. Correct. That was um, it was an incredible feat. It was. I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with the story, but uh, General Jimmy Doolittle, uh, after the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, and uh, Japanese were winning a lot of uh, battles in, in islands and all in the Pacific in uh, in the early parts of the war. General Doolittle, uh, excuse me, it wasn't a general at the time, he was Lieutenant Colonel. Uh, Jimmy Doolittle assembled a a uh, group of men, and they, I believe it was 14 aircraft, flew off of the Hornet, you know, and they didn't have many aircraft carriers back then. Uh, and if you've ever seen a photo of this 12 or 14 aircraft all lined up on this one ship, they didn't have catapults back then like they have for our uh, aircraft now flying off. They just pointed into the wind and and they they run the ship up as fast as it will go, and off they went. And Colonel Doolittle was, I, I just did it again, uh, Colonel Doolittle was the first one off, and um, off they flew to toward Tokyo. Um, interesting thing about that, that particular mission is they had not yet reached their their intended launch point as they were moving toward um, Japan, they wanted to they wanted to be um, close enough so they could you know have more flexibility of where they're going to land and where they're going to wind up but 175 miles before their intended launch point there was uh, some sort of a boat they saw out there i believe it was like a fishing boat or something and they were concerned that they were spotted by this japanese boat and that they had been spotted in in may of radioed back to Tokyo that these uh, operations were going on. So they decided to immediately launch. So they launched 175 miles farther away from Tokyo than they intended. And then as the, the flight went on, they, they, uh, they did make it to Tokyo. Um, although not a lot of damage was done. Um, some damage was done to the, uh, Japanese industry at the time, but um, after, after they dropped their bombs, they continued on toward China, and of the uh, all those aircraft that went, only, I think it was only one aircraft survived intact, and that was in China, in uh, Siberia, and um, most of, of, let's see, I have it here somewhere, out of the uh, 60 no I think it was 75 men were on the on the um, on the aircraft and only about 65 of them finally made it back to the United States after going through all sorts of you know a lot of them were uh, prisoners some of them were, were held by friendly 
you know, Chinese, other people were, other ones were held by uh, Japanese in occupied portions of China. It's really some story, anyway. Well, it's an incredible piece of history, the North American B-25 Mitchell Berlin Express. It will be at the Veterans Airport of Southern Illinois in Marion, June 23rd, 24th, and 25th. Uh, you can find out more also at flytheb25.org. An interesting part of this experience is that for a fee, uh, members of the public have an opportunity to uh, take a flight on the B-25, correct? Exactly. And if anybody's interested, I mean, it's 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 not inexpensive, but it's about an hour's worth of your time. And you get a whole tour of the aircraft on the ground, background on history, and then a flight. And uh, it's $425 for EAA members or 475 for non-members. And then if you do that, you'll become a member. Um, but I want to say that if you're interested, better jump on at flythev25.org soon because last I heard, over 60 seats have been sold for the aircraft. And it just hasn't. It's just a certain limited number of flights, and uh, it will certainly be a life, the ride of a lifetime for anybody doing this. What kind of engines are in a B-25? Okay, I'm glad you asked me that, because I just happen to have the fact sheet here. Now, the B-25 is powered by two 1,700-horsepower right twin cyclone engines. That's the R-2600 so R2600 means that it's a radial engine. The, the, the cylinders are in a, in, a, in a circular fashion around. And the 2800, excuse me, the 2600 is uh, 2600 inches of uh, cubic inches of displacement. Uh, they use gasoline. You know, they didn't have a jet fuel or anything back then. They're uh, air-cooled engines. The whole the whole aircraft weighed uh, empty weight was over nineteen thousand pounds, and then with bombs and ammunition and and fuel and people and everything, the uh, maximum takeoff weight was thirty five thousand pounds. It had a range of over thirteen hundred miles and carried a fuel capacity of over nine hundred gallons of fuel. On many of these uh, Warbird flights, there are other uh, similar vintage planes that fly in uh is in this case is this the only uh, vintage aircraft that's going to be uh featured to my knowledge it is yep i haven't been out to see it yet it, actually it is already at the airport right now it uh, the previous stop was terra haute and uh it's kind of funny uh, of one of my aviation buddies in terra haute is very was very involved with uh, uh the berlin express when it made that visit and after they're done here, they're going to go on to Jefferson City. And if, and if you go to the um, B25, fly the B25.org and poke around there a little bit, you can see the rest of their schedule. Um, sometimes other aircraft will accompany them, and to my knowledge, there is none this trip. Well, I know that uh, in years past, we've had uh, B-17s come into southern illinois and i believe i'm forgetting there was another uh, b hyphen number and i can't maybe it was a b24 or something we had not a b24 we had the 
um, commemorative Air Force's B-29, which was called, named Fifi. Yes, the Super Fortress. Yes, and uh, that was spectacular. Actually, it's, it's made two visits now to Southern Illinois, uh, one to Marion and then one to um, Southern Illinois Airport, Carbondale, Murfreesboro, and um, just through sheer luck and I guess a little payoff for volunteering for these things. Uh, we, uh, this is a fantastic story. Um, we had, the aircraft was, B-29 was at Carbondale, and uh, they had been here, they had been on display, they had given some rides, and they're heading back to their home base in Dallas. Well, uh, several of us with cars took, picked up the crew, which was, I think we had about 10 people with the airplane. We picked them up at one of the hotels in town, and we went to Mary Lou's for breakfast. And so we're having lunch, uh, breakfast with these guys. And uh, the proprietor came out, and she says, you know, I've seen this airplane before. And she ducked down to the basement, and she pulled up, and she brought in a photograph of the exact same B-29, Fifi, and it had been signed on the back by all the crew members from that previous visit to Mary Lou's some years before. It was probably at least 10 or 15 years ahead of that. And this crew had no idea that the previous crew had stopped in there for breakfast. That was <laughs> well, pretty fun. That goes to show you how good the breakfast is at Mary Lou's. There you go. Uh, so, so we're, we're so we're sitting there and having the breakfast, and uh, uh, it's myself and Charlie Rodriguez, a well-known professor at the Aviation Technology Department, and uh, Dave Oliver, the chief pilot. He says, "Hey, would you and, and Charlie like to fly with us to Dallas when we take the airplane back?" And it was like, "Huh." Like, we're here at Mary Lou's and we're going to go to Dallas? And he said, sure, you guys can come along if you can get a ride back. So I called my wife, and, and she set up arrangements to get us back home. So we were able to get on uh, Fifi and, and ride it home for, oh, gosh, it was about a two-hour trip. And I got to fly it for a half an hour, and, and uh, it was just spectacular. Yeah, there's, and, uh, there's just something very special about the – make of these aircraft the way that they sound and the way that they catch the eye when in the air and the connection to history that they represent uh, out of that world war ii era the the greatest generation as uh, they were called in the book by tom brokaw it's uh, really inspiring to a lot of people and that's the reason why these events continue to draw crowds and uh, the B-25 will be at the Marion Veterans Airport uh, this week, June 23rd, 24th, and 25th. Find out more at flythebeat25.org. Our guest today has been Sam Hoskins. He is with the Experimental Aircraft Association, Chapter 277, out of Murfreesboro. Sam, anything else you want to mention before we let you go? Well, just one real quick thing. Uh, as we're getting ready to uh, we set up some press rides for or Thursday, and uh, we have some reporters coming. And, and connected with that is we are having uh, a World War II veteran who's also a member of our AA chapter. He's they uh, are going to give him a complimentary ride on the aircraft. That's uh, Bob Amrud, and uh, uh, so he served in the Navy. He didn't fly in B-25s, but he's going to get a ride in the B-25. And uh, he's in his 90s, of course, because World War II guys are that age now. 
and uh, so that's going to be that's going to be pretty great. Yeah, that is going to be great and great of great of them to do it. So, Sam, uh, thank you so much for your time. We hope you have a great day. Thank you much, Mr. Mayor.